setting the pace on the pursuit of happiness. This is The Ken Coleman Show, where you discover what you were born to do and how to make it happen. Now, helping you get unstuck and on the path to your dream job, America's career coach, Ken Coleman. All right, here we go. Coming to you live from Ramsey Solution Studios in Nashville. You've joined a conversation about you, specifically who you are, what you were created to do, where you want to do it, and how you can do th- get there. Is it possible to make the income you need and the impact you want? The answer is absolutely yes. You were created to fill a unique role. You were needed. You must do it. And when you figure out what that is, and you do it, you will find that the success and the satisfaction come with that significant contribution. It, you'll, you'll make enough. You will achieve enough because it's not about comparing to anybody else's paycheck or anybody else's contribution. It's about your contribution. You were created a unique you were created to fill a unique role. You are needed. You must do it. It's about your contribution. We believe that work is not a job that helps you live. We believe that work is a contribution that you were created to make. So no matter where you are on the journey, we can help. You want to get promoted faster? Come on. You want to figure out what that job is, what those multiple career options are? Come on. If you're clear on both of those and you know how to do it, but you're just stuck because of finances, you're stuck because of relationships, maybe some emotional, mental stuff, that's okay too. 844-747-2577. One phone call away from clarity, confidence, and courage. 844-747-2577. Well, I want to start today with a challenge, a three-part challenge for those of you who want to move up the ladder. Right now, you are you're frustrated uh, or you are hopeful in that you are looking for a better future now. I want to move up the ladder, kid. I definitely want to climb. I want to move up the ladder for whatever reason you have it. And I think you could boil it down to the reason you aren't moving up the ladder is because you're not actually climbing. Some of you are going, duh. No, but I, I really think that's the majority of people who feel like they aren't climbing, they aren't moving up, it's because they're actually not climbing. I think they're in a position of waiting. And, and there are times in life where we got to wait, okay? I get that. But I'm still doing while I'm waiting. I'm doing what I must do while I'm waiting. I'm becoming who I must become while I'm waiting. You don't just sit around and wait, and that's what I'm addressing. So three things to do to actually begin climbing. Because obviously we have to have somebody who says, all right, I see you. We want you there. But what do we do to become seen? What do we do to become the option? Three things. Number one, get connected. This is actually stage three of my seven stages. It's all about connections, connections, connections. Opportunities come as a result of connections. So I want to refresh this. Just remind you that the third stage of my seven stages, get clear stage one, get get qualified as stage two, get connected as stage three. Because getting connected is where all opportunities materialize. A conversation, a coffee, showing up day in and day out. 
And somebody goes, hey, I noticed you. I see you. What are you doing here? Why are you here? What do you want to do? Getting connected. Connections are the keys to opening up the future that we want. So get connected. So you may be in the office right now. Can I want to move up the ladder in the office? Great. Start connecting with people you haven't connected with before. Start connecting with people you've only connected with once or twice. Get connected. Relationships, conversations, intentionality. And I don't mean of the vampire sort where people see you coming and the only reason they know you're coming is because they literally see the blood dripping from your mouth because the last person you just sucked out of the information just because it's all about you, 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 you. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about learning from, getting advice from, walking around with a pencil and a pad and asking questions. That's how you get connected. And that's how you get opportunities is by being willing to sit down and ask questions and learn. Number two, get better. As a result of all these connections, you're going to have opportunities to learn things that you didn't know, do things you didn't or that you haven't done. Education and experience, knowledge, opportunity. So if you're getting connected, let me tell you something. Opportunities will come to you to get better. So you got to get better. Take the opportunities. A lot of people will do this first thing. They'll get connected and then opportunities come and they go, oh, I don't think I'm ready. Fear, doubt. Get on our shoulders and they tell us, can't do this. You're not ready. You're not good enough. It's not enough to get connected. You must get better. Take those opportunities to get better. And as you're getting better, and as you begin to check off the list, it'll lead to the third thing that will allow you to begin to truly climb the ladder, and that is get busy. Listen, you're getting the connections. You have opportunities to learn, opportunities to do. That's the get better. And then once you acquire that experience, acquire that knowledge, you better get busy with it. You better be about the business of making yourself invaluable, indispensable, because in doing so, that's how you get opportunities to step on the next rung and then the next rung and the next rung. But I'm telling you, and I'm not telling you to beat up on you. I'm telling you to get in your head. I'm telling you to hopefully I get a little bit in your heart and I kick you in the butt and you get after it. Because some of you out there are going, I want to move up the ladder. I see the ladder, but I'm waiting on somebody to go, it's okay to climb the ladder. Or I'm waiting for somebody to go, here, can I give you a hand up? Can I put your foot on the first rung of the ladder? That's what you're waiting on. And it's my experience that that doesn't happen. It happens when you go to the playground with your mom and dad when you're a toddler. Okay, that happens. Come here. Do you want to climb the ladder? Come here, sweet thing. Okay, be careful. Put this foot right here. Okay, then grab this right here. Listen, those days are over. You want to climb the ladder, guess what? You better get up to that ladder. You better grab it with one hand and grab it with the other. I mean death grip, baby. And get that foot on there and step confidently and push off and step. You know, when you climb a ladder, you got to put one foot on one rung, right? And then you grab the ladder with both hands. So that, boy, this is good. I didn't plan to say this. This will preach right here. You, you put one foot on there, and then you grab with other. So we've got ourselves a firm grip. I'm committed. See, that's commitment. And, and so now that I've got one foot on one rung, and i got both hands, I'm committed. I'm climbing, baby. I'm steady. I'm stable. I'm committed. What do we do next? We take that foot that's on that rung, that bottom rung, and we push off, and we 
push into it and we lift ourselves and that other foot comes up as the first step. That's it. So many of you out there right now, you aren't climbing. You're kind of at the bottom of the ladder. Does anybody see me? Anybody know this, notice me over here? I want to climb this ladder. Is anybody going to put me on the ladder? Anybody going to put their, their hand on my bottom and give me a push up? Nobody does that. Nobody. You got to start climbing. Three ways to do it. Get connected, get better, and get busy. And before you know it, you'll find yourself climbing and reaching the next rung and then the next rung and the next rung. But you better start climbing. Stop waiting. Don't move. Your call's coming up next. This is The Ken Coleman Show. Welcome to The Ken Coleman Show. If you are tired of waking up on Monday mornings, miserable because you've got to go into a dead-end job hang around deadhead people uh oh and just try to make it through to friday afternoon well you're in the right place because i'm telling you clarity is on the way 844-747-2577 what were you created to do what's that unique role in the workplace and how many different jobs and career paths will that allow for you to survey and figure out what it is that is the dream job. 844-747-2577. Let's go to Yankton, South Dakota. Dan joins us there. Dan, you're on the Ken Coleman Show. Oh, hello. Thank you, sir. Um, thanks for having me. I, I'm actually happy to say that I have, I'm getting into my own unique role and sweet spot. My question is actually more for my peers. Um, just the idea of the unique role Um, which I think is great, but what happens if you're an individual and it turns out that your unique role is to be a ditch digger or a whopper flopper, as Dave Ramsey puts it, how do you reconcile that versus having ambitions for a better life? Um, I just don't think you framed the question right. Um, because, because I don't think that's the right way to ask the question because if if you know Martin Luther King Jr. so eloquently said, if if it is given to you to be a street sweeper, be sweet you know sweep the streets like Michelangelo, okay, um, and I and I think that's a wonderful statement, and I think he's speaking to look, whatever you're doing now, do it to the absolute best of your ability, but I don't think in America, uh, and that being our context, and in a lot of developed countries, that you could say that um, you're limited to being a uh, whopper flopper or a street sweeper. You're not limited to that. Is that where you want to start? Yes. But what's the word to describe that role of whopper flopper or um, the job of that? I mean, that's customer service. That's cooking for others, cleaning, making things neat and orderly. So how do you build on that and and climb the ladder of that core function if you love cooking for others which is a form of serving i can show you a ladder that will allow you to keep moving up um so when you ask the question that way i that's what i mean by i think the question's flawed 
But at the same time, I want to help you with your question. But did I address it, or are we still on different pages? I think we sort of are. It's th- Ask it a I different guess, uh, way, because I'm not understanding what you're wanting me to comment on. Um, I guess the question is, what if, what if or I guess more, maybe it would be more appropriate to ask, it's, is some is so I guess to your point is something like oh, being a whopper flopper is it something to always aspire away from or above? And to that point, if there are if each person is supposed to aspire to be that, then who like who is meant to take on that role? Is it just a is it just uh, people rotating until they get more experience and then yeah. it's filled by the younger person? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you're overthinking okay. it. I mean, just give you an idea. I mean, do you know anybody that's worked as a uh, chef at Burger King for 35 years? Maybe. And if that person loves that and they go, look, this is all I want to do, then for that person, that is the destination. But for others and many more, it's not. So what is that? Let's say you want to run a Burger King. I think you should have every position in the restaurant. If you eventually want to own a Burger King or whatever, that's the example you gave me, Whopper Flopper, that's Burger King. So as a young person or somebody that's maybe 25 and you're, you're, you know, you're trying to figure it all out, do every position within there because you eventually want to come back and buy one of those and, and become, uh, you know, um, an affiliate of that. Um, so, uh you know, to say that every position is not worthy, I think that's kind of what you're getting at. You're going, well, Ken, do we all have to keep climbing? Not necessarily, but I, I guess I would pose the question to you. Let's say that uh, you love serving people and you have chosen to go in and cook burgers in a fast food restaurant. Mm-hmm. Is it wrong? Okay. Is it wrong to want to move up and say, well, what would be the next position? They want to make more money for their family. So let's say you start when you're 20 and you're in college, and you really love cooking and serving people, but you want to have a wife and kids, and you want to make more money. Don't you think they should want to climb the ladder? Don't you think they should climb the ladder? I agree. Okay. So I, I don't know if I if I answered. See, because we all have to start somewhere. So I wanted to be a radio host, but I had to start on Saturday radio. Does that mean I'm confined to Saturday radio only? No. I think every person should seek to be the best version of themselves 844-747-2577 let's go to moberly missouri where scott joins us scott you're on the ken coleman show hi ken thanks for taking my call sure how can i help so i'm in a career that i'm not enjoying anymore and i'm ready for a change i feel like i have a skill set that i'm not using in my current job and i just don't know who would want me with those skills if that makes sense Okay, tell me what the unused skill sets are, or skill set is. Well, so I love working with my hands, problem solving, fixing, creating things. Um, Prefer maybe working alone or with one or two others. Attention to detail organized. Okay, great. um, So So, currently I'm a special education teacher, and those things are not really... Yeah, I got it. So what you just described is somebody who's creating something with his hands... So building something, right? Right. Um, Or fixing something with his hands. So do you tend to lean more towards the machine side of things or 
uh, maybe working with wood or technology? Working with wood. Okay. All right. So you tell me, when you think of working with with wood, who mm-hmm. would hire somebody who's a woodworker? A cabinet shop. Okay. What else? Um, maybe as a trim carpenter. There we go. I like it. Now we're getting somewhere. So we start to go, okay, so we've got cabinet maker, you've got furniture makers, you've Mm -hmm. got uh, trim carpenter or just a straight up carpenter because trim carpenter is different from a carpenter who's framing like a framer. Okay. So it depends on the type of work that you really enjoy. Um, But, you know, uh, you, you could have your own renovation business one day. You're going in and putting on additions to homes or, uh, or become, a, like I said, a cabinet specialist. Maybe you go to work for somebody first and you eventually do your own thing. The question becomes, what would you do tomorrow if I told you you can't fail? Guaranteed success, working with your hands and wood, what would you do? I think I'd want to have work for myself and have my own shop of some type, building cabinets or creating things. There you go. Out of wood. Yeah. So how much money do you make right now in a year? About 45000 Okay, so that's the number. Like, that's the number we got to replace. So this becomes a very tactical conversation from here on out. Because what we have to do is we go, we know what you want to do. We know why you want to do it. And the good news is you're good at it. I've got the belief that you're pretty good at it, but you could get better. So you've got to start either working on the side for somebody else so that you get more experience building cabinets. Okay, or you start your own side hustle. And either way... We've got to get to a point where we've replaced the $45,000. Now, how are we going to do that? We either work ourselves into either right now, you go in and you actually go get a job for a cabinet maker and they go, hey, we'll take you right now, Scott. Come on. Great. All right. But if that's not feasible, then you're going to have to work up to that. So how are we going to do that? So either side jobs and you build up, you know, half a year of your salary to where you feel like, okay, I got enough work lined up and I got six months in the bank. I can make this leap. It's not even a leap. Mm -hmm. It's a nice step. Okay, Um, Mm -hmm. or you go work for somebody else, right? Uh, Part time, and the same kind of deal. You you save up the money um, to where you can go out on your own. So that's the path for you, man. And it's not that difficult. It's just it's just a function now of going. All right, which is the best route to the future that I want? Get after it. There's no stopping you. I mean, the trades are exploding, folks. If you're like Scott, get after it. Now, time is marching on. This is The Ken Coleman Show. Helping you get unstuck. And then on purpose in your life and work, this is the Ken Coleman Show. So excited to have you with us. If you are scared, if you're just full of doubt, struggling with some confidence, or maybe you know that you need to swallow your pride a little bit in order to make some moves forward, this is a safe place for you. Those are common enemies. We all face fear, doubt, and pride. We just do. And... This is going to sound negative, but it's it's meant to be encouraging. Hang with me on this. Fear, doubt, and pride never go away. Ever. This notion that you can 
remove fear, doubt, and pride from your life is just a complete nonsensical idea. However, you can overcome fear, doubt, and pride so that when they keep showing up, and they will, you can sidestep them. A little bullfighting. Ole, 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 and the bull runs by, right? I mean, you can do that with fear, doubt, and pride. And you're going to have to if you're going to be on purpose. So let's help you out. 844-747-2577. 844-747-2577. Let's go to Altoona, Iowa. Donna is on the line. Donna, you're on the Ken Coleman Show. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Sure, Donna. How can I help? So I just have a question with um, the use of cell phones at work um, when you're supposed to be working, when management and supervisors say you're not to use it. Uh-oh. Okay. So is this a problem with you or other people? Other people where I work. Oh, so you're surrounded by coworkers who are on their phones all the time. Yes, and it affects, like, I pick up the slack from when they don't do what they're supposed to be doing, and we've talked about it and talked about it, and they say, don't get our cell phones, or we're going to start penalizing you, punishing you, or writing you up, but nothing ever happens. Yeah, and so this is causing tremendous stress for you, from two areas. Number one, you're actually following the rules and doing your work, so that's irritating. And then number two, it's creating more work for you? Yes. Sounds like to me, if you've brought it up with leadership and they keep scolding but never actually punishing, that it's probably never going to change. Okay. And so what's going to happen is you're going to get bitter if you're not already. So you got to decide. Yeah. I think there's two options here, Donna. Option one is you get over it. You let it go. You know, you just go, look, I'm going to do what I can do. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. And I'm not going to pick up the, I'm not going to, you know, catch the falling plates that my coworkers are creating. Make them catch their own plates. You take care of your business. That's option one. Option two is you leave. You find something else. Thoughts on those two options? Am I missing something? No, I mean, you're, you're right. Um, I just I love what I do and I love where I work. Um, it's just, you know, more of it, we're in a customer-facing position where, right. you know, it, it, customers are seeing it and they, you know. Well, but hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. I, this is the, where the problem lies. So this is really important because you just told me you love what you do and you love where you work, but you're dealing with coworkers who are doing something they're not supposed to do. They're looking at their phones and they're not serving the customer well. And then the leaders are saying, don't do that, but they're not actually holding them accountable. I'm wondering if the reason they're not holding them accountable is because you're picking up the slack. Is that happening? Yeah. Uh-oh. So Donna, guess what? If you love what you do and you love where you do it, but you've got a leadership problem, um, you're going to have to force the leaders to lead. And you don't force them by going in and complaining and filing a complaint. You have to stop picking up the slack. If you're helping one customer, so let me let me create a scenario that I have to to help you understand this. Okay, let's say I go to a uh, a counter in an airport. Let's say it's a car rental counter, okay? And mm-hmm. there are three agents helping customers. And let's say that 
you are one of those agents and you're crushing it. You're efficient. You, you're, you're professional in the way you're treating them. The, the customer's happy. You're doing a great job. You're helping them. And then there's two other people that are total boneheads. And they're doing an awful job. And it's slow. And you got the whole line of people. And essentially, they're kind of going one, two, or three position. You're tracking with this example so far. Yep. Okay. Here's what you do. You've got to do a good job. Such an excellent job that all of the people that are waiting on the two boneheads are hoping they get you. And they see it. They can go, now this gal, Donna, is a rock star. I am waiting to get Donna. And they go to the manager and they complain or whatever. And they're complaining about the other two boneheads. But they're going, Donna's awesome. You need more Donna's and less of of these two boneheads over here. But the more you take that scenario and you go, Hey, 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 uh, sorry, everybody. I'll, I'll help. I'll help. Yeah, come over here. Come over here. Come over here. And I'll help. If there's a problem over here because this person isn't doing the job. And you go, okay, I'll step over here. And then I'll step over here. And you're running back and forth. And you're just catching all the plates falling off the shelves. And you're trying to do it because you want to take good care of the customer. And you can see the customer being frustrated. And you have huge empathy. Am I sounding like you? Yeah, you are. Guess what? You're actually covering for those people. Are you a parent by any chance, Donna? Yes. Yeah. Don't you think it's time that if we got three kids and and one of the kid does their chores and does the right thing, that person gets awarded and the other two get punished because or they just don't get blessing because they just don't do anything and it's kind of it we kind of need the parents to notice. Don't we think that? And the only way they're going to notice is when you let the others except for the the one kid, the one kid in your family's trying to help the other two not get in trouble. No, I tell that kid, hey, you do what you're supposed to do, and if your brother and sister can't pull it together, it's their problem. Yep, exactly. So it's time for you to let it go. Okay. You know what you can do, though, when you see that customer that someone else is helping that's getting frustrated? Focus on taking care of your customer. Yep, exactly. Okay. Crush it. But stop helping the other people. Stop fixing their problems. It's just making what you said is a job you love and a place that you love to do it. It's making it miserable. It's because you're trying to solve too many problems. Just do you. Do the best. And you know what? Shine the light on how bad the others are by only taking care of your customers. Now, look, if if you can assist and help, great. But if you can't, stop trying to pick up the slack. Okay. Does that help? Yes, it does. Thank you so much. Be free, Donna. Just be you. Trust me, leadership's going to start to notice. And if they come to you and go, hey, how come you're not picking up the slack anymore? You go, because I can't. It's exhausting me. And I love what I do. So I'm trying to be the best I can for you. I can't pick up the slack for them anymore. I've told you about this. They're breaking the rules. I'm going to keep following the rules. I'm going to keep doing a great job. And then they're going to be forced to deal with it and fix the problem. And after a while, if it still affects you, even though you try to separate yourself from it, then it is time to leave. And go in a healthy culture where serving the customer is the mission. That's part of the problem is your leadership is poor. Your leadership is weak. And they don't really care about the customer, even though they might say they do. So I am a little concerned, but I also want to focus mostly on the fact you love the work and you love where you do it. And let's keep you in a healthy place. Uh, and I, I think you're such an incredible woman and your your integrity and character is so high that it's put you in that situation. And that's okay. 
that's totally okay. Um, but it's time for you to put a boundary up and not allow yourself to be negatively impacted by the lack of work that your coworkers are putting in. You know, and sometimes folks, the best light we can shine on our coworkers is not telling on them. It's not complaining or filing a complaint. It's just you be the model. Model the way. And only focus on modeling the way. If you do that, you're going to set the bar that sometimes leadership can't even identify. Ooh, I'm preaching now. Sometimes leadership is so bad, they can't identify the bar. So you be the bar. All right, folks, my time is almost up. But before I let you go, you matter. You do have what it takes. Thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, this is The Ken Coleman Show. Press on. Thanks for listening to The Ken Coleman Show. For more, you can find the show on demand wherever you listen to podcasts and watch the show on YouTube. You can also find Ken across all social media by following at Ken Coleman.